Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I have Emily Alderson, who is a salon owner and founder of Cosmo CEO, which we are going to hear all about. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. I am really excited to have you here because you talk a lot about a topic that I think we as stylists sometimes tend to hide from a little bit, um, and that topic is money, but you approach it from a really different place, so I can't wait to hear a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, I think money is one of those topics that can be taboo, and I really, really want to take the taboo out of it because it's so important. I mean, we're in an industry where we're so fortunate to do something that's creative and fun and we love it. But at the end of the day, we show up at work for money. Like that's what we actually <laughs> need to live. You know, it's I'm totally not standing true. behind that chair for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So before we get started talking about that, I want to hear a little bit about your journey into the industry. Like how did you get started behind the chair? Sure. Um, Hair is something I've kind of always had my hands in when I was little braiding and, um, you know, doing like hair for proms in high school and things like that. But I guess I never really thought of it as a real job in quotes, Mm -hmm. you know, where I grew up, it's like, go to high school, go to college, get a job kind of thing. And so um, it took me a little bit longer to get into it. I moved across the country and was waiting tables. And I got to a point where I was like, "Eh, okay, like now what? What am I going to do? Like as a grown up, basically. And so my mom was just like, you have always been good at hair. Why don't you think about going to cosmetology school? And I just did. I was like, okay, sure. Good idea, mom. Thanks. (laughs) So yeah, I went and um, it's been really like a really interesting ride. I, uh, while I was in school, I met one of my first mentors who was the owner of a product company and I went to kind of apprentice for him and just it, it was fascinating learning that end of the business. Um, I went around and did trade shows with him, um, which I got to travel. I got to meet thousands and thousands of stylists and educators. Um, and then after that kind of trade show season was over, he was like, all right, Em, it's time to work in a salon. Remember, that's what you went to school for. <laughs> so yeah, I... Um, I applied to a salon that was kind of in his Rolodex and that's literally the only salon I interviewed at. And it's the only salon I worked at for over 10 years until I opened my own. Wow. So how long ago did you open your own salon? It'll be almost exactly two years now. So you've had a lot to navigate then as a fairly new salon owner in the past year. 
<laughs> the past year aside, yes, I, so the last the salon, only salon I worked at, I actually quit um, eight months pregnant and opened wow. my own. So oh. yeah, basically I had a brand new baby and a brand new salon at the same time. I spent oh my, my goodness. Leave, like, you know, ordering flooring samples and yeah, getting chairs and that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, that is a lot. I'm sure I'm a mom and I'm sure all the other moms listening can relate to like how much of a struggle that must have been. Wow. And then that's so interesting because you have even, so before that then, how did you juggle like having a new baby and having a salon? Do you have a staff? Like, what does that look like? So, um, that was actually my second child. Um, and I would say, I don't really know, to be honest, like everybody <laughs> kind of wants like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I, you just kind of like one day at a time. But I think when I was getting ready to leave my last salon, I had hit full burnout, like burnout, burnout. I hate my job. I hate all my clients. I didn't really, but like, you know, they would yeah, text you and be like, like that feeling like, oh yeah. God, they need something from me. And I just, I just wasn't there. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And I realized a lot of it had to do with, um, the group of stylists I was working with who I showed up with every day. They didn't really have they were all good people and good stylists, but they were okay exactly where they were. And I think right. I realized that I wasn't like I needed something more. Um, and that's kind of what led me to quit. And I, I actually have a, um, a co-partner that I opened the salon with and he was kind of in the same boat. And uh, yeah, so I, I just kind of did it. It's funny. <laughs> when I was talking to my father-in-law about doing it and a lot of people actually, they were like, are you sure you want to do it with a brand new baby? Like it's a lot on your plate and this and that, maybe you should just wait a little while longer. But in my head, I was like, yeah, but I know what newborns are like and I know what six month olds are like. And I, I'd rather have the baby that I can just tote around who sleeps all the mm -hmm. time and eats all the time than the baby who I have to spoon feed and then makes giant messes and is starting to be mobile. Like I won't be able to do it then. So it was like a now or never kind of deal. <laughs> like that literally my talk, point. talk was ticking because my bump was growing. Like this baby's coming. <laughs> I have to quit now or not. <laughs> um, that is actually a really good point. And I would agree that newborns are definitely easier than when they're a little bit older. Once they, when they can stay still, it's a little bit easier to take them everywhere. Um, and you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how, and this is something that I think a lot of us experience where it sounds like you kind of hit that point where no matter how uncomfortable and no matter how, um, like difficult it was to try something new, it was going to be less difficult than staying stuck where you were unhappy. Yeah. And I, it's interesting too, because I don't know. Unhappy is just like a, a, an easy word. I think I would have been absolutely fine staying where I was. I had a good clientele. Um, everything was familiar to them and to me. And 
the salon is still open. You know what I mean? Like I would have been fine, but I think especially having kids and maybe my age too, I just got to a point where fine wasn't enough. Totally. Yes. I love that. Um, that's, that's such a good point because there's so much to be said for staying in situations that aren't ideal because they're comfortable Mm -hmm. And it's scary to take a risk. But I mean, that's the thing. I think it's you weigh it out, right? Because either it's staying where you are and being just fine, or taking that risk. And either, you know, there's two options, either it crashes and burns and doesn't work out. Or you're able to build like a really fulfilled life that you're actually like, super excited to get out of bed every day. And I mean, I know for me, that's worth the risk. And I guess it was for you as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess I just kind of do things that feel good and kind of ask questions later, which is very stressful for my husband, but he's just <laughs> kind of learned to roll with it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like our husbands would have a lot to talk about because same thing here. <laughs> A lot of eye rolling. Um, yeah, <laughs> totally. But it all works out in the end, right? Uh -huh. um, yep. So, okay. And I would love to hear a little bit about, so fast forward. Okay. So you've had the salon for about a year when the shutdown came around. The first shutdown, because you're in California, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. Yeah, we have shutdown part one and two, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. And is it today the first day that you're allowed to open? Yes. Yeah. So time of recording, this is end of August. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about what that's been like and what you've, how you've kind of adjusted through that. Cause I know you pivoted a little bit during that time. Yeah. Um, it's been really wild. I, so when I started in the industry, it was just like, it was kind of like towards the end of the last big recession. And, um, I remember there like being a shift, like I didn't fully understand it because I hadn't been into it prior, but I remember thinking and hearing from my coworkers that, you know, we're really recession proof. Like people will always need to get their hair done. People will always pay um, for salon services, you know, and even if they mm -hmm. like maybe buy less hairspray, you know, we're still going to be the ones that can do it. And also like with tech coming up and, um, automated robotic whatever. It's like people are never going to go to robots to get their hair done. <laughs> so I, when we were told that we couldn't work, it was kind of shocking. And I, it, it was a lot of things. It was like, that's, what do you mean? I can't work. It was, I've never, I mean, I've worked since I was like 12 years old. So mm -hmm. that felt weird besides maternity leave, which is obviously not vacation. And no. then, um, <laughs> and then I don't know, just the first time around, it felt like a very collective, okay, what's going on? We're all in this together. Let's navigate through. Um, and it, and it took some turns. And then I started realizing what a gift this time is. I've never had time like this before, you know, to like focus on my kids, to be in pajamas or athleisure every day, to <laughs> like stop fixing my hair and wearing makeup. It, it took a lot. Surrender, I would say, was like the biggest key um, to the first three or four months, I think, 
we were closed, but it took a long time to get there. But um, I also had something in the works, which is my um, signature course, Cosmo CEO. And it's been this idea that's kind of um, bubbling and transformed over the last year or so. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I this is it. Like I actually have time to finish this now. So, you know, as horrible as everything was global pandemic and all that, it was really a great opportunity for growth for me. And I ha- I knew I had to take full advantage of it. And I yeah. did. And I finished that's my amazing. course, which was exciting. <laughs> that is amazing. And I think that's such a good point that um, we got so used to this because as you said, like it was, I started doing hair in 2006. So that was kind of just before not start doing hair but I fin- I actually moved cities in 2006 oh, and like okay. started over I guess so um but it's interesting you say that because that was kind of just before the recession yeah. hit and I remember the same thing like all of my friends and all these different industries were getting laid off and yeah. I felt so secure I guess and I think it's interesting because this was the first time that I was like, ooh, what is security? Like there is no such thing as security, you know, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to anything. So I think that almost took a little bit of the from hairstyles I've spoken to, it took a little bit of the fear out of making a change because we had just been through something that was so life-changing that it nothing seemed quite as scary anymore yeah and and that's exactly it yeah I felt like after this um you know any strides I made as far as like boundaries with my clients um pricing for my worth like all of these things that you felt uneasy about before it's like so much easier to do now you know like you just can't worry about any of those things before. Once you go through something like that, it's like, I know now what it's like to live off of like a very small unemployment check. I don't need Mm -hmm. these clients that don't love me and don't love paying me and aren't fun to hang out with for hours at a time, you know? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I totally agree. Um, I love that you said that. So you started working on your online course before, right? So how how did you find like finishing that? What was that feeling like? It felt good. I mean, I I was working on it kind of and it kind of evolved from um it just kind of evolved over time. So once I had time to finish it, it felt really good and then as soon as I was done, we were allowed to reopen. And the way it worked in California was literally one day they say you're closed. And then one day on a Tuesday afternoon, you get a tweet from the governor saying we're reopened like right now. And so it's so stressful because it's not that easy. I don't just show up at work at 8am and open my doors. You know, I have to reschedule all my appointments and rescheduling means going down the list, reaching out to a client, waiting for them to respond, putting them on the books and then moving down the line. So it it takes a lot of time. Um, 
And then you have to switch gears like immediately, you know, from being home and working online and be just being a mom and enjoying that time to like, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm back in the salon. Do I remember how to foil? Where are all my clips? You know, like <laughs> it, was just, I, I, it was crazy. And so, um, yeah, my course just kind of sat. It's, I opened it, it's available, but I don't feel like I had like a proper kind of launch in a way. Yeah, um, for sure. Still really awesome and amazing and everyone should get it. But yeah, it's interesting being, um, it's just as a new thing, uh, getting into education and, and, and the online world. It's exciting, totally. but it's, it's new and we're all kind of navigating it. Absolutely. We're all just kind of figuring it out, I find. But it's it's really nice because there is so much available now. And I think it's really been like traditionally, I know when I got into the industry, you were really reliant on like the salon that you worked at to either, you know, transport you to education or investing like a huge amount to go out of town for education or waiting for someone really great to come to your area. Whereas now it's like you can literally pick a topic and find an amazing like educator that can share so much knowledge with you from your home. And I just think online education has been probably the best thing that has happened to hairstylists since I got into the industry by far. Yeah, I agree. And also, um, because I know most of my education was, I mean, after school, obviously, was mostly by like the big brand platforms. And so mm -hmm. it was a lot of flash, it was a lot of show, and it wasn't a lot of like practical application. And then even when it did shift into more like, okay, I can actually use this on my client, that was kind of it. It was technique, it was cut and color. Um, and the business side of it is just kind of emerging now, but it's so huge. I mean, 10 years in, and I don't know like how to track my income, you know, like I don't want people to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I always say like that, I think like mindset and marketing are the two biggest things that I always talk about that make the big difference. But you're totally right in that money is also one of the huge things that makes a difference. And yet we're also scared of it. <laughs> it. People are scared to talk about it, I think, because we grow up hearing that it's rude. You know, you shouldn't ask about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just it, it's not a thing that you do. But the thing is, if we can't ask our peers what they're charging for certain things, how they price that, what did you make last year? What did you write off? Like, we need to know those things. Because if you don't know that it's possible to make six figures, let's say, yeah. you're not going to make six figures, because your brain literally doesn't believe that that's, that's a possibility. Totally. Um, and so that's, kind of a lot of the things that we talk about. Um, yeah. And I think like as women, we just need to support each other and celebrate each other. And, you know, they say like, you're the same as like the five people you hang around or what, you yes. know, like we talk about that like concept that. a lot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so 
how did you start to con- like kind of take control of your finances? Like was was this something that you had struggled with and that's why you kind of leaned into that topic or is this just something that you've always kind of been naturally really great at and so you wanted to share that knowledge? Well, so I never thought that I struggled with it. I always thought it was fine. Like I always did. I thought I was doing really well in my business. Um, I thought I was doing all the right things, doing my price increases every year. Um, But I started to realize as I was watching my credit card debt kind of snowball like, what is happening? How, how is this happening? You know, it's like, I didn't realize what I was spending and that I was spending on credit. Basically I was living on credit. And so I, um, hired a coach just instinctively, I guess. I, I just felt very overwhelmed where I was. And, and I hired her kind of on a whim and we really started to talk about mindset and foundation work and setting goals. And it just, I saw the change almost immediately. I mean, within, I'd say three months, I doubled my income and I was working less and it was just insane. I like, it was so crazy. And it just took a few little shifts, you know, um, to completely change the way that I live my life and run my business. That is so huge. Wow. Three months. And that's, that's the kind of changes that people can make once they start to kind of take control of those finances. Um, because like, I think we talked about this just before we started recording, but these are the things that we are not taught in hair school. I don't remember a single class about finances or budgeting or how to actually run the business part of your business. No. And I think, you know, the way that it works as hairstylists, there are so many different opportunities as far as um, booth rental, salon suite, owning a salon. And even if you're a commission stylist, like you can still make really, really good money and not necessarily have to worry about all of those things. But um, I think when you see what the opportunities are, know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. You can just make better decisions about your future. And um, just on that note, I I saw when the first shutdown happened, people were freaking out because nobody had savings, you know? And we didn't get unemployment an unemployment check for, I think, seven weeks into it. Wow. Um, And so I really saw like my peers um, on social media and stuff, like people were angry and desperate and freaking out. And part of the reason I was able to lean into it and kind of surrender and accept what was going on around me was because I had that safety net because I'd done that foundational work. So taking the money aspect out of it or the lack thereof um, made it easier to, to just kind of be. Absolutely. And I think like just from talking and like you said on social media, I truly do think that the economic, um, the economic impact of the shutdown was the thing that people were most stressed about out of anything, like even more stress than the actual pandemic. It was all about the finances. Um, So yeah, I think that's a really great point that you make because I noticed the exact same thing. 
So, and everyone's circumstance is different, but, um, you know, like if you own a salon, like I had a friend that has two big salons and it was crippling for her, you know, but I mean, she survived and she's thriving, but yeah, it's, it's really hard, but you have to have something put away, you know, this was the emergency fund. And as much as I hated like living off of my emergency fund, cause I wanted it like to be there for an emergency. It was like, yeah. wait, Emily, this is it. This is the emergency. Totally. So, okay. So how, like, what would you say to somebody who was trying to kind of get started? Like, where do you begin? Because I think sometimes when we're worried about finances, we almost bury our heads in the sand a little bit because we don't want to get started because we're scared of what we're going to find out. So I want to talk a little bit more about the mindset piece um, that we touched on earlier. So how do you get your, your mindset right before embarking on like a financial health check, I guess? Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to start from a different place. So you kind of have to really pinpoint what it is that's stopping you. Um, But my first step for anybody is to know your numbers because knowledge is power. And so literally, like if you're using a QuickBooks or a um, mint.com or something that automatically tracks your numbers, stop doing all that, or at least stop relying on that for at least a month or two or three and manually track them. Because once you see what's coming in and what's going out and what that flow is like, and then you look at those numbers at the end of the month, even if you don't like what you see at the end of the month, at least you know, at least it's not like this monster in the closet that you can't see. So you're not opening the doors and you're just avoiding it. So really like avoid avoidance. That's like the biggest key. Um, Because once you know where you're starting from, that takes you on to the next place. Like, okay, this is what that looks like. This is what my next step is going to be because everybody's next step is going to be different. That makes a lot of sense. And I think sometimes the, um, oh, I'm going to edit this out because I completely forgot what word I was looking for. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to pause and start again. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're totally right because sometimes, honestly, the anticipation is worse than the actual like numbers that you when you're seeing them. So I think that's a really great, great way to look at it. Avoid avoidance. Yeah. And um, like neurologically, if you listen to the feelings in your body and that's what we talk about, like when people talk about mindset, it's kind of like, what what does that mean? It's not like positive thoughts. It's not just like today is great. Everything is fine. I'm going to be a millionaire. La 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 la. Like it's not puppy dogs and rainbows. It's like actually shifting the way you think of things and going from the unconscious to the subconscious, but um, also like feeling into your body. So like the physical feelings of nervous and excited are exactly the same. So if you're feeling nervous about looking at your finances just shift the way you're thinking about it to feeling excited. I'm excited to know where I truly stand. I'm excited to know that I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to be on top of 
these numbers, whatever they are. Or it's funny because (laughs) one month I did it and it was like, oh God, like, okay, this is where we are. That's not good. And then a few months later I did it and I'm like, holy shit, I made that much? Woo, you know, so, (laughs) but there had been months prior to that that I did really well and I didn't even realize it. So yeah, just just look so you know. Yeah, that's a really great, um, that's a great point. I think sometimes anxiety comes from a feeling of lack of control. I know for mm-hmm. me, that's a huge part when I'm feeling anxious totally. it's because things have started to feel like they're spiraling almost. So yeah. although it is scary to go in and start taking a look, I do think it's really important because it'll help you take control back and that will in turn solve that nervousness and solve that anxiety. So it's almost a chicken or the egg thing. Like you're scared <laughs> because you don't want to look, but then you're scared because you haven't looked. So exactly. Awesome. So what is your, if you had to give one piece of advice about finances, um, obviously you're on the Hairstylist Rising podcast. So if you had to give one piece of advice to a hairstylist that was determined to rise, but just needed a little guidance, what would you say? What would be your number one piece of advice? Um, I would say it's kind of twofold besides all the like really practical, boring book work, um, or like bookkeeping type stuff in your business, which you absolutely need to do. Two big things for me are goals and celebration. So I, um, in Cosmo CEO, we talk about making three goals for each month. You could do it for the month or for the year, but write down a number. And I used to avoid that like the plague because I thought if I didn't hit my number, I would be so disappointed. And it meant I was a loser and I wasn't going to be successful. And I was just going to like, die basically like I avoided that so much but once I really started practicing just they're just numbers on a page you know you don't have to give them that much weight but when you do hit those numbers celebrate and celebrate big time and celebration can be anything from um you know, treating yourself to dinner or um, renting a movie or lighting a candle or literally like doing a happy dance in your underwear. It doesn't have to be like an actual thing. It just has to mean that you have acknowledged what you what you've done. And that's so important. Yes, marking the occasion. I love that. Um, Well, I feel like you've given us so much today. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And so where can people find you? Would you mind telling us a little bit about more about your course? And I know that you have a freebie as well, right? So that people can kind of get a little taste of your education. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at mindful hair by Emily. Um, and I also have an Instagram Cosmo CEO, Emily, but that has, um, the link in my bio has the links to all the things, my freebie you can download. It basically tells you, um, it's your monthly management thing. So it's like a really quick, tangible thing you can do to every month, set your goals, set your celebrations, track your earning and spending. Um, yeah, so that you're not scared of what's going on and you can make the next steps in the right direction. So follow me on Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. And I will put the link to your Instagram in the show notes as well so people can find you. 
Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye, Emily. Bye. Uh...